Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 83 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is Kaina England, a poker power instructor from Evanston, Illinois. Kaina won the Mid-States Poker Tour Player of the Year title for 2021 and has close to $800,000 in lifetime tournament winnings. She also was nominated for the Global Poker Award 2021 Breakout Player of the Year. And on today's show, we're going to get to know her a little better. Kaina, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Glad to see you. And, and I mentioned you're from uh, Evanston, Illinois, but that's not where you're coming to us from. You're in Las Vegas, yeah? Yeah, I actually, I'm from uh, North Northbrook, Illinois, uh, is where I grew up. And I lived in, I probably lived in Evanston when I like started playing poker. I lived in, I lived in different parts of the city. And now I live in Las Vegas for a little bit, so... Yeah, we'll definitely ask you about uh, Las Vegas. It's interesting you said a little bit. I got a question about, <laughs> about this well, city. Well, for now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, see, I know, and I mentioned to you just before we start, you know, I've listened to a couple of the other you know, interviews that you've done recently. Uh, you know, you've told your your poker origin story. So, folks, if you, you can go ahead and, you know, Google Kina's name and you can hear those podcasts. So that's the origin story. But I kind of want to just, like, dive Right, you know, right in there. You had mentioned you started playing poker in college and you first started with bar poker. Right. So I know a lot of people get started that way and it can be kind of like a different game, almost almost like playing for play money online, you know, when there's no real money at stake. When you transition from bar poker to actual tournament poker in like a larger venue, was there anything kind of like surprising or difficult or challenging for you? You know, I'm going to be honest, it was such a long time ago. I can't really remember. I I, okay. I played in college. I played a lot of the bar poker games just because that's where they were there and they were really fun. And I was telling the story at the table the other day is I, I started playing when I was 19. And so I actually had to like at one point find a fake ID so I could go <laughs> in and play bar poker. But like, you know, just to be there to play the bar poker and a few times I got kicked out anyway. They're like, kind of come on we know, just get out. Um, so, and, and, and it's funny, I was like, I never would drink, right? Cause don't break the law when you're breaking the law. But uh, yeah, I just, I just like, I like the social aspect. I like the logical part of it. I was um, majoring in math and probability at the time. Um, so we had a, like a few cash games too at our house that we would host um, small time, you know, mixed games a little bit. And I learned, that's kind of where I learned, but when I moved back to Chicago from Colorado, I didn't really play for a while. And it wasn't until I went to Las Vegas for like a work trip where I played a little bit. And yeah, I don't really remember. I feel like people probably had to tell me the rules and stuff. And I had to kind of learn as I went. But again, that would have been, you know, at least five years, six years ago now, probably. Right. So and, yeah. you had, and, and you <laughs> had that lengthy breaking up. Like you said, you clearly mm -hmm. had enough exposure to the game. You'd played a lot. And I guess, you know, I looked at your hand in mob and, you know, your first cash dates back to November 2018. And that's, you know, what's hand in mob is tournament results. Like you said, you played a whole bunch of cash games. What made you decide, you know, at that point in your life, you know, I'm going to jump into a few tournaments. What was the appeal there for you? Um, I thought a buddy of mine from work, from where I worked, was telling me about some stuff and uh, just kind of letting me know like events that were happening. You know, I don't know. I think just tournaments are more of a game to me. I wanted to play a game, you know, rather than just sitting down and playing cash. I still like was unfamiliar with it when I learned in Colorado and I played cash, it was only limit, you know? So I was still yeah. kind of getting used to the whole no limit thing. Um, and even now I, I don't play a lot of cash. People ask me that all the time. And I do sometimes with my buddies and some, you know, when I'm home, like private games and stuff like that. But I don't really like enjoy going to the casino and sitting there for an unknown amount of time, you know, grinding cash. It's more, um, you know, at first it's weird. I just, I'm not patient enough, surprisingly, you know, where I feel really? like a lot of people will say in tournaments, you have to be patient, but like yeah. tournaments are more of a structured game. Like, you know, so like, that's just why I enjoy it more. I like to, to win, you know, to win the overall. And I think it's just a different strategy. It just clicks more with me for some reason, but um, yeah, I do, I do enjoy still like the camaraderie sitting at the table, talking, having a good time, 
um, the comp- the com- competitive side of it. You know, I enjoy that. So I do it every once in a while for fun. For sure. You know, that, that uh, you know, competitiveness, the social aspect, that resonates with so many of us, myself included, not been playing for a good 30 years since I'm eight years old, you know, <laughs> 30 plus years. Um, but, you know, we also know, like, you know, as many people as play the game, not all of us are able to find success. And you did pretty quickly. Well, what do you think was, you know, instrumental in, in that success and, and you starting to run deep and record results in those tournaments? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it happened pretty quickly, right? But there was a lot of working going on in between. You know, I, I did work a full-time job and then I left my job and tried for a year and it just didn't really work out. I wasn't, you know, giving it enough effort probably. I was trying to study a little bit. Um, but then during the pandemic, you know, when we couldn't play anymore, I still enjoyed playing. So I kind of took some time to adapt and uh, try and get better and learn online a little bit more. And I think it just like transitioned into the live play. And I, all I did during quarantine pretty much was study. And then I started teaching for poker power too. And when you get asked questions by women who don't know anything about poker, basically, you know, I don't want to give them this information. I want to make sure that I'm correct about what I'm saying. So, um, you know, I put in a lot of work on that end to just better myself and make sure I had a full understanding of the spots I was being asked about Um, and just played with friends a lot too. Like we Zoomed like almost every night and played just because what else was there to do, right? Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it was just, it was just really fun. And I, I, you know, I had known a lot of people um, and just like, I think the first big tournament, yeah, after quarantine was, was going back to Iowa and it was just huge and it was everybody from the Midwest and yeah. And I I don't know, I just started to play more travel a little bit and hit the tournaments and got some success there. I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. Awesome. Well, you you obviously, you know, being in the lab and studying, you know, that it's nice that it bore fruit doesn't always be the case, but clearly you're a good student. You learn well. Uh, I know you've mentioned uh, elsewhere that one of the things you enjoy learning from and studying from is vlogs, you know, like that, that's obviously pretty cool. A lot of us enjoy, you know, hundreds of thousands of views on the top vloggers. What is it about vlogs that you find intriguing as far as like the learning aspect and, and who are some of your favorites? Uh, I like during, during quarantine, I watched every single one of Brad Owen's vlogs. I did. Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought it was just the way that he lays out hands and the explanation behind it was really like thoughtful and um, not just like, this, cause you're supposed to, you know, like there was always an explanation why. And I come right. from a background of like corporate education strategy where oh. I was like fixing um, inefficiencies with training. And like, one thing that I always focused on was like, why, why do we need to do this? You know, and that's just an important aspect of education, I think. So I really, really enjoyed his blog and, um, you know, analyzing spots and comparing them to my spots or like, you know, wondering maybe why they, they did something differently. And, but he, he always explained it really well. Um, I also just like, like Ryan Paulo's blog. That was really fun. It gets you kind of juiced and ready. Like it gets you excited to play, excited to gamble a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I watched a lot of those things, some of the streams, some of the, you know, that were old and, you know, I watched, actually, I watched every single episode of the big game too. Oh, I nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw like Nadia, like when I came back, um, like to the, actually the coins tournament was really funny. I like ran into her in the hall and I was like, I watched all of your show. It was so great. <laughs> she probably thought I was like a crazy person because it's from like <laughs> 11 years ago or something, you know, but, uh, I really enjoyed that watching all those, um, you know, even though it's different animal the tournaments i just i I really i learned a lot that's all so i guess uh with you know ryan's vlog you're watching with a bucket of popcorn and brad's vlog got a a pen and paper yeah right something like that yeah (laughs) very cool and of course you know we mentioned brad uh brad owen uh you know the newest actually wpt ambassador you know congrats to him he was uh episode number 76 folks after this one if you haven't listened to that one uh, that's a great fun listen to uh, episode number 76 here on the Cards Chat podcast. Um, kind of, you know, we mentioned uh, that you're coming to us from Las Vegas. I told you uh, that we would dive a little bit deeper into that. I know you were super excited uh, to do that. How long has it been uh, that you've been living there? I got out here uh, in about December officially. Okay. Um, it's like four months. I had planned to do it a lot earlier, though. Um actually back in 2020, like I wasn't working, oh. I didn't have a job. I kind of oh, thought boy. I just wanted to change from Chicago because mm-hmm. I was just kind of over it. I lived there most of my life, you know, um, I wanted to just venture out West and check it out. I have a little bit of family out here too. Um, so I planned on doing it then, but it didn't really work out. And, 
you know, I ended up getting another full-time job and like, you know, stayed at home a little bit. And then it just started to work out that maybe I should just give it a go. Cause if I don't do it now, I won't see if I like it. And yeah. this is like I say for a little bit, cause this is just like a tester year for me. And I'm actually on Friday going back to the Midwest for a few weeks to spend some time with people there and hit some of those stops over there. So, you know, and I am just like, I've, I've figured out, I am a little bit of a travel bug. I like to just like jump around and go to different places and play with different people. Um, so I don't think it really matters where I live as long as I'm still able to do that. Um, so, so yeah, so he, for right now it's convenient and I'm enjoying the weather and I'm enjoying, um, you know, exploring Las Vegas a little bit more off the strip, uh, nice. which I never really did too much before. So, right. so yeah, it's been great. So it's interesting you say it's a tested year, not necessarily from a poker standpoint, but just from like a life standpoint, you're saying? Yeah, I think more of a life standpoint, you wow. know, like, uh, just see where I fit in, see what I enjoy. I'm a little worried about the summer. I'm not going to lie, but um, you know, if I can make it through and things still seem positive, I love the mountains. I love waking up, like sitting out in the sun every day, going Mm -hmm. for walks, going hiking when I can get out that way. So yeah, just kind of feeling it out a little bit, see where I want to end up. Yeah. For the summer, that's why everyone's always, you know, hold up WSOP, (laughs) nice indoors in the air conditioning. So I think you'll be be just fine. Uh, so but, any highlights thus far, you know, four, four, like four and a half months in, I guess, anything that stands out as like, hey, this was really cool. I really do enjoy getting out to like Red Rock and Mount Charleston. I haven't gone too many times because I'm more on like the south end of Vegas. And so it's a little okay. far, but I, I really do like getting up there. It's a lot cooler up there, too, when you go, um, you know, farther north in the mountains. Yep. Um, I was over Mount Charleston the other day and there was like people still skiing, um, oh, wow. snow everywhere. I was like sinking into the snow in my hiking boots. It was kind of crazy. So yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that part of, of being out here. And um, just like, again, I've got a little balcony here in my place. Just sometimes, you know, when I'm feeling blue, I can just sit out there in the sun and that just makes you feel better, you know? Yeah. That's, that's something about that city always makes me feel pretty good too <laughs> when, I, when I come and visit. Um, well, obviously yeah. one of the uh, nice benefits of living there, especially for a tournament player, you know, the world is your oyster. You've got tournaments, you know, every single day, numerous ones uh, at multiple different properties. I imagine you find yourself playing just a wee bit more often than back uh, in Illinois. Yeah. I, I well, When I first moved here in January, I was playing a lot, but um, I don't know. I, I didn't want to get myself burned out. It's quite an effort to sit there all day long. As people know, you know, I see a lot of the same people all the time, the different properties. So, um, I do like to mix it up again and play different places, um, and different stakes, right? Like, you know, we don't need to just be playing one case all the time. So yeah. I like to even just play the other day with a friend. I played the $60 South point tournament and that was there just you go. very popular because for me, again, poker is just, it has to be fun. You know, if it's not fun, like what's the point? And when I, I just play all day, every day, and it doesn't go my way, you know, that's not always fun. And so I have to mix it up and do something that makes it fun again. And so I try and do that. I'm a really big fan of South Point though. I like their poker room, the poker room manager is great. I was just at the Lips event. They ran that pretty flawlessly. The food is great there and the alcohol is cheaper. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you find yourself having to buy it. <laughs> Awesome. It's well, interesting to hear uh, what the parameters are for uh, a good uh, poker room for you. Uh, any other uh, shout outs to any uh, local Vegas rooms for for you? The win is always a great time, obviously. Um, I had a, I was there on Sunday. I played the 400 and it, I had a little bit too much fun on my table will test. And, um, you know, Ross, the floor guy was, you know, nice and giving me some polite warnings and stuff. You know, I tend to be a little loud when I'm having a good time. And I apologize to anybody that doesn't appreciate that. But um, they always just run such a great game. It's a, a great room. Um, all the staff is just on point. The waitresses are great. Um, so yeah, I think that, I mean, that that seems like it's everybody's favorite. And I like to venture over to the Aria every once in a while too when I want to play cash. If I feel like playing cash, I'll play over there a little bit. And I think if everybody hasn't been to Resorts World yet, go over there because that place is also phenomenal. It's like beautiful. The food is really great. Poker Room, again, run really well. And the people that play over there are always really nice. Confirmed. And I have to mention, since you brought it, I didn't bring it up, but I have to mention a certain very handsome Cards Chat podcast host will be running his mixed game festival there uh, in the beginning of June, June 12th to 16. Had to get the little plug. And of course, kind of, you're welcome to come when you're not chasing more, uh, chasing some WSOP bracelets. Uh, great place. Try and head over there. Yeah. Great place, Resorts World. Um, well, you know, that's the interesting thing. Like you said, with all of that poker around, you know, you mentioned 
you know, what it is that you love about tournaments more. And then sometimes you feel like, you know, playing cash. Is there something like, is it difficult to resist that temptation? I'm kind of wondering, because it's like, it's literally always there. And I'm sure beyond just life friends, you got a lot of poker friends and everyone's always playing. Is it tough to sometimes just stay away from the poker room and, and you know, and stare out at those, uh, at those mountains? But with the, with the tournaments, I try and set a little bit more of a schedule. Like I know in advance mm. for the week, like what I'm going to play, like whether it's like online or in person, I, I, not to say I wouldn't just go ahead and jump in like something smaller, like, you know, an Orleans, Orleans tournament or a South Point tournament. Cause that, that would just be fun and social for me. But right. yeah, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't just, I'm not just like, hmm, I shall go play a one K today, you know, like, <laughs> so I try and like plan it out a little bit better and like make a little bit more of a schedule for myself. Now trying to be a little bit more serious before the series I bet we all are right like trying yep. to study a little bit more and talking to people about hands and um trying to get myself in a little better shape too you know I want to be able to have stamina to make it all day um and sit there and, and stay focused so yep. um you know trying to like set schedules for myself during the week is always a good thing and knowing what I have to get done that week and and knowing what I'm intending to play helps me get ahead of it and stay a little bit more organized for sure. And I'm happy you mentioned that because, you know, a lot of us recreational folks out there, man, what we wouldn't give. It sounds so great. You just sit and play poker all day, every day. Like that just sounds amazing. But it's important to get that reminder from a professional of like, you know what? It takes a leather ass to do that. You know, It's not so simple to sit and, you know, yeah, to sit is great, but you got to be on your A game. And, you know, especially a tournament, it's a minefield you got to navigate. You know, it's important to have that that mental fortitude. Um, you know, we got to talk, obviously, uh, about the the big score. You know, when you when yeah. you uh, the, the four hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars at the WPT Venetian Deep Stack event. I mean, that's life changing money. You know, you're talking. You know, very relatable. Like 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 basically all of us out there who aren't professional poker players. You had a regular job, clocking in and out every single day. All of a sudden, this gigantic windfall, an earned windfall, you know, 450 cats, life-changing money. You know, did you do anything special to celebrate that type of a win? Uh, I traveled a lot, you know, so I did a lot of stops that I normally wouldn't do. Um, I, I enjoyed, you know, my time going different places. Um, I did, you know, when I moved here, I did buy, I had to buy all new furniture and stuff like that. Um, I took, I took my nieces and nephews out to Dave and Buster's more about about experiencing stuff than like buying possessions, you know, and, um, and it let me play a little bit more like I wanted to, you know, jump in some tournaments. I never really played main events for the WSOPC, you know, when they came to the horseshoe, that was my stop. And I always would try a satellite. And one time I got one and I got to play it. And that was a really big deal for me. So the fact that I have a little bit more cushion, you know, I can play those kind of tournaments when I want to. Um, that's nice for me too, to experience and feel like that's, you know, moving up a little bit in success and talk about like not plan too. It is funny that I say, like, I try and plan out my tournaments in advance, but I did not plan on playing that 5k. It was like a funny night before discussion with a buddy of mine where we actually traded places and he's like, you should go play the 5k and I'll play the win 1600. And that's, it was just very spontaneous and jumped into a 5k. (laughs) As, 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 as the meme goes, you chose wisely. It seems like it's yeah. it, it just fine. I'm curious, and this is, you know, a question I don't know if I'll ever be able to answer for myself because, uh, you know, I don't have any handed mob results, but it's because I don't play tournaments that often. But just curious, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, just like the, the marquee win of your career. I'm kind of wondering, like, does that make smaller results, let's say, I don't know, yeah, a five a five-figure cash or something like that, maybe a little bit less meaningful or is that just something I'm projecting? I don't know. Uh, no, it does not. I just had a, like a five figure cash over at the win. Like I said, we chopped and it was yeah. extremely exciting. Okay. Cause like nice. we do this a lot. And so like, I think all of the wins should be celebrated. Some of them are a little more disappointing though. Right. Like, um, but I think every, every little thing, you know, has to be a little bit exciting, has to be sort of like, okay, we, we, we sort of succeeded, you know, in something. Um, so no, I'm still like chasing those. I would like to have some more five figure caches on my hand and mob for sure. You know, obviously now it's trying to get to the million or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I, I try and celebrate a win, right? Like a 
like maybe not a min, you know, if I've fired a bunch of times, and it's very disappointing. Like I can get that, you know, but it's better than not cashing. I try and talk myself out of that. That's one thing I really, really work on is like my mental game. And I, I, I think as a, I think I'm just going to put it out there and say, as a woman, it's a little harder. You know, we've got all these scattered thoughts. We, I'm a little, you know, more emotional sometimes and can take it to heart a little bit. And that maybe that's just me. Um, but uh, I feel like I have to put a lot of work in to keep my head straight and, and keep going at this you know so uh, so I do and so you have to look for the for the good you know the the small wins too and 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 after I won the MSBT I went and played whereas the very next cash on my hand and mod is going to be like a like a fourth place at the Orleans for $900. And let me tell you, that was a great time and very exciting also. And I met some great people and had so much fun. Um, so that was, you know, I'm not going to say as exciting, but it was still pretty exciting and fun. And so I, I, I love that positive attitude. Uh, <laughs> no, truly. I'm not just saying that. I think that's just really great to, you know, still have that same joy, you know, whenever it is that you're playing and whatever sort of success you, you may, you know, see from each, you know, for each tournament, regardless of the size of the result. I think that's great. Um, you know, it's funny, you mentioned this mental game that actually dovetails, you know, perfectly into the next question I've got for you. Um, you know, you've talked about um, spending time and attention working on uh, your mental game. And obviously it's something that's really important, especially when, you know, you're doing this for a living as a professional, um, any sort of, I mean, tips or, or advice you could give or, or resources that have worked for you that you think could work for someone who let's call them a serious recreational player, someone who wants to take the game, uh, seriously and, and win, not necessarily a professional, but still thinks, you know, I'm doing all the lab work and studying my charts and all that stuff, but you know, how do I work on my mental game? What worked for you? Um, geez, I, I think I, it's going to be unique to everybody, right? So what I say works for me is not necessarily going to work for you or you're not necessarily going to think too highly of it, right? But we teach in Poker Power, we teach a lesson on tilt and mental game. And I really like the different aspects of that lesson. So ladies out there, if you haven't checked it out yet, check that out. It's a good lesson. Um, but for me, what I, I give myself a time limit usually, and sometimes depending on how big of a, you know, if it's a punt or it's an unlucky thing, you know, I try and get over it a little quicker, but like in game, in game, I, I say, okay, I'm going to be angry for 30 seconds. And if somebody addresses me during that 30 seconds, I say, listen, I'm allowed to be upset for 30 seconds. Don't talk to me, you know? And so that works for me though. Like if you talk to me, during that 30 seconds of my horrible loss, like you're going to get snapped at. And I'm sorry, again, everybody out there, I'm sorry, but I try to keep it to that. And then I usually get over it now, like after a game, you know, when we taking the big losses in and processing it again, it, try, it helps to, to think about the times that it didn't happen. Right. Or learn from it. And, um, I have a buddy that he's probably going to be like, no, her mental game is terrible because like every time I need to get it out, I like text or call him and I get it out. Right. Like, and that uh -huh. just is what works for me is if I say it and I have somebody like, you know, talk it, it out with me a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, that was a bit of a punt. Why did we do that? You know, let's talk about it and fix it for next time. Or like, kind of calm down. That was just unlucky. Of course, like sometimes jacks are going to beat aces and that just happens, you yep. know, and then it helps me. It just does. And so I shout out to him. I appreciate that. Shout out to all of my friends that do that for me. Um, and you know, it just helps me get over it a little faster. Now. I don't know if that's a flaw in a mental game than that is, but, uh, you know, a support system is something I need. I like to be around people. Um, and I like to talk stuff out with people and I do the same for my friends too. You know, if they need to get it out, let's get it out. We'll try and rationalize it and we'll try and make you feel better. But if you want to just sit there and be upset and disappointed for a little bit, go ahead and then move on later, you know, it's just poker. I wouldn't call that a leak at all. It's like, you know what's good for you. And if it works and if it ain't broke, why fix it? I think that's wonderful. Right, yeah. and, and I also, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice that's such a great sort of instructional way that you answered that question. You can hear that that sort of teaching background and of course what you do with uh, poker power. Uh, it was just like, maybe it doesn't work for you, but you know, it's like, it's, all, it's like you're given a lesson uh, through your, through your answer. I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, you said like, you know, surrounding yourself with like the right people that work for you. Um, and you know, you can tell a lot about a person, of course, by the people, you know, who they surround themselves with. What, it, what are the sort of qualities you look for in, you know, I guess, poker friends and friends in general? Um, I mean, my really good friends, we've kind of always been there for each other and it started through quarantine, you know, we were kind of a little circle, 
um, where we knew each other a little bit, but then we Zoom all the time and just got closer. We travel together sometimes. Uh, I like split rooms with some of them. You know, I go visit some of them in different states and stay with them. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, my core group of friends is, you know, kind of small, but then there's a lot of people that I also just consider my good, you know, my friends, friends, like my poker friends and my, you know, real life friends and everything. And, um, you know, my best friend in the world is got four kids and, uh, she doesn't know a lick about poker. Sometimes, you know, if I'm in it, you know, when I had the big events, they were following the links and they, they didn't know, but she was like reading them out loud to the kids and everything. And they were getting excited anyway. If but she's on still, top, it's gotta be a good thing, right? Whatever. Yeah. whatever it's there, right? <laughs> she's just there for me too. And listens if I need, you know, just somebody to talk to at some point in time. So, and she'll pretend like she understands the poker sometimes, or that was more like earlier when I was like trying to, you know, study more and like, you know, didn't really have a lot of people to talk to. I'd try and talk to her and she wouldn't understand, but she would let me talk to her and get it out. Um, so I really do appreciate that. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I think people like that are kind. I think that's really, and, and funny, you know, try to be funny, but kind and understanding. Um, and all of my friends are. Nice. And how about <laughs> from a poker standpoint, like what makes a good, um, you know, poker buddy with whom to discuss hands, break things down? Uh, you know, how do you, how do you evaluate that for yourself? Um, I mean, somebody that can like really think about different perspectives and, uh, you know, provide things that you wouldn't necessarily think about, like not just always agreeing or just not always disagreeing, like just again, digging into why and like, oh, well, when we do this, like we're folding out this, or are we getting value? Or like, you know, how many, how many times should we be doing this kind of stuff? So, um, just like just different perspectives and, I have a lot of different people that I sometimes run hands and stuff by uh, just to get, you know, or if I have a spot that I'm not sure of, if I need like more of a technical answer, I reach out to one friend, or if I need more of a like logical answer, I reach out to another friend or just, you know, differing opinions are always good to have too. So nice. yeah, I think a lot of my poker friends have a lot of different opinions and different viewpoints. And that's really helpful too. Like watching different blogs or getting different perspectives and learning why other people do things and why other people think certain ways too. Right. Well, we know in poker, it's important to uh, change gears, of course. So we'll focus mm -hmm. a little bit now on the MSPT. Uh, you know, we mentioned, <laughs> of course, you're the 2021 uh, MSPT Player of the Year. Um, what did it mean to you to achieve that? Man, I don't even know. It was kind of such a crazy day. Like, I feel like it didn't hit me until later um, because we were at the Venetian, like sweating Taylor Howard, like very hard. And like, I wasn't anti-sweating him. He's such a nice guy, but I could see him like the entire time. And, you know, Sarah, my friend, Sarah was in the tournament too. And she's sending me updates and, and it was just, it was an exciting thing. And when he was out, I was just like, Oh, I won, you know, like, like <laughs> not, not like, like a bell didn't ring. They didn't make an announcement or anything, which I feel like maybe they should have. It's a Venetian, you know, but uh, no, it was, it, so it was great. Yeah. It just like kind of something from the beginning, like when I had the score in Riverside, you know, that kind of put me up at top and I didn't really know, like, you know, I didn't really realize it or anything. And then we went to Siquan and I got something like 15th place. And, and then my buddy's like, well, you might be pretty high up. Maybe we should go play some more of these, you know? And so we did, I went to Colorado, I went to South Dakota and just kind of started playing all the different MSPTs when they were around, if I could. And, uh, and then, yeah, I had kind of given up because uh, one guy side church was really pretty far ahead. Um, but Sarah, my, my best friend, Sarah, again, was like, let's, let's go to Minnesota. I'm going to go. It's a quick flight. Um, you know, and I'm like, okay, let's go, you know, might as well try and see what happens. And good thing we did, I guess. For sure. Also, you know, yeah. it is clearly something you actively chase and, uh, the way you described it and understand, uh, that it is truly meaningful. Like, oh, wow, I guess I won. That's pretty cool. Did it have, um, any added meaning that you happen to be the first woman uh, with, you know, with such an accolade MSPT player of the year? I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I think it's, it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, obviously I'm getting a little bit more like notoriety because of it, um, but it's still just, I think for anybody, a big accomplishment that anybody should celebrate if they get it. And I am proud to be teaching and have that title and like know that the people that I teach, you know, if they find that out about me, you know, they know that, okay, maybe I know what I'm talking about a little bit, you know? So um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know though. It's uh, I don't think it meant more to me being a, the first woman, you know, it just, it was just a thing a great great thing to have happened and and uh, you know so, yeah it, it's Good. cool I, I mean Good. it's it's not something that it's not an easy thing right like it's probably not ever going to happen again so yeah. oh I don't know <laughs> no, don't, 
Don't say that about the that. MSPT player of the year. We want to see it back to back. I mean, it's not an easy thing, right? Like how many player of the years are there out there on different right. things? So, um, but yeah, I, I know people are like, why are you playing all the MSPTs this year? I'm like, oh, I'll be at some of them. <laughs> well, hopefully it's a springboard for even better things to come, kind of. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said, you know, like, you know, truth be told, yeah, it's true. You know, because you're a woman, so by definition almost, you get a little bit more than you know, perhaps uh, a male MSPT winner uh, would have got attention wise for it. I think it's a genuinely good thing. But, you know, the fact of the matter why that happens is because everyone knows the percentages speak for themselves. Women are mm-hmm. underrepresented uh, at the table. So it is, you know, like we, it's by definition, as an interview, you ask a little bit more female oriented questions. Um, I am wondering, you know, have you encountered any particular difficulties or challenges, uh, you know, being among the minority uh, of players at the table? I used to, I have my stories, you know, about just guys that just want to tell you how good they are at poker and you know, make sure that you know that they're better than you. And I can't <laughs> still sometimes point out when somebody just, I mean, no offense to everybody, but there are men out there that do not like to lose to women. And sometimes it's uh, easy to identify that, you know, but it doesn't happen as, as often anymore. Um, but I, you know, I do still hear stories from women that like break my heart um, because they get picked on at the poker table. You know, maybe a guy doesn't like the way that she played and berates her. And we just, in general, I've seen people do that, you know, for other people, but for women, it's like, you know, maybe the lady's sitting there quietly and maybe she just made a silly play. You know, you don't need to berate her about that. I had a lady come up to me the other day and ask me about, do men tell you how to play at the table? I'm like, they better not, you know? So I, (laughs) I, I said this in another interview is like, sometimes I might stick up for myself a little harder um, mm-hmm. just for the women that won't, you know, just cause mm-hmm. like, you know, if you say something to me, I'll make sure you remember it, you know, like, <laughs> and just, just for next time in case, you know, you think, so you think twice maybe about saying it to some lady that wouldn't stick up for herself. So for sure. And I, I said, I was going to ask you this, like, you know, how have you, I mean, you, you explain, I guess, how you sort of overcome that. And, you know, you do stand up for yourself. For those who may find it difficult, you know, women out there who may be listening, what what sort of advice could you give them if that's something that they experience? Uh, I, I mean, try not to just take it lightly. You know, I think if people really are getting on you and they're saying stuff too much, call the floor. That's the floor's job to stick up for you. And uh, uh, I've seen it a lot of times, sometimes where the floor, floor doesn't at certain casinos too. You know, like my friend Sarah had an incident on Twitter where she was being berated at the Flamingo and the floor didn't really do much. I think like they corrected that they made an apology or something, but uh, still it shouldn't, we shouldn't have to sit there as anybody and just be berated and be shouted at. Um, So if you can't speak up for yourself, if you can't put your headphones in and just think like, I always, I don't know. I I always think to myself, FTG, I always say is something I say FTG just like in my head, just like, fuck that guy. You know, like it doesn't really matter. Like he's just some guy that's unhappy with himself. So, um, but yeah, and I don't want to put it out there. It's not like it's, I don't see this all the time. Most people are very nice. People are friendly these days. I see a lot more kinder souls at the table, people having a really good time, people saying really nice things, you know? Um, But yeah, it does break my heart when ladies come up to me and ask me that kind of thing, which happened to me at Bally's the other day. Yeah, Yeah. it's important, you know, like, again, like that's why I bring it up here because it's Mm -hmm. not, unfortunately not yet, an uncommon thing. And it's important to hear and, and learn from those sort of experiences. And, you know, I'm a, a WPA purple type guy, you know, I, I, hey. I, I'm very happy to support that kind of stuff. And I, I would even add, you know, and, and I'm happy you did. So you said, you know, you're speaking up, you know, for the person who doesn't necessarily, if you're at the table, folks, you know, ladies or men, you know, if, if you're at the table and you see that happening, you should speak. You know, some people say, well, I don't need you to speak up for me. That's fine. But if you do find someone who is, you know, encountering you know, uh, abuse for lack of a better word, that it's just really undeserved, you know, as far as like a hand they played or whatever it is. Yeah. If they're not going to speak up for themselves, then you should say, Hey, that's not cool. And you go ahead and call the floor, you know, on behalf of that person as well. Uh, Cause as you said, uh, you know, very well, uh, it is the floor's job. Um, you know, kind of, you know, I, I did mention, we mentioned a couple of times, you've done a lot of interviews. You have gotten a lot of attention, uh, you know, after your win. I think it's wonderful for you. What's that experience uh, been like for you? you know, kind of like an author doing a book tour, I guess. <laughs> I mean, some of the times it just feels like me talk, talking about myself a lot and, you know, the same <laughs> questions If people, hey, but it, if you guys want to hear about it, you know, I love to talk. Um, so 
it's been fun, but it just reminds me too about what back on our last topic, just real quick. Um, my uh, biggest blow up at a man, like gentleman at the table happened actually a long, like a few years ago. And if you want to hear that, so, and it was because I stood up for another lady, like this guy was berating another lady at the table. And uh, if you want to hear that story, you should listen to Jared Smith's podcast, Grindhouse podcast. I told it on there and it's quite, you know, quite the story, lots of F-bombs. So I don't want to tell it on here, like, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but that was a really fun one to do. Cause I'm friends with Jared and he, you know, it was a great time. They t- just tell poker stories, just telling silly poker stories and stuff. And we all have them. Um, so yeah. And then just doing different ones. I did like, I talked to Bernard Lee. That was, that was really great. Um, obviously Chad on Holloway from poker news. I'm sure. kind of good friends with him since we're both yep. from the Midwest, you know, it's been fun, you know, meeting new people too, like, and talking to new people and sharing experiences. And then when I'm in the wild and I see people, it's, you know, fun to have another conversation or a drink or something. So and I'm, you know, I'm a very people person anyway. So this kind of stuff, um, you know, if I sound stupid, well, oh, oopsie, you know, but <laughs> this is just well, how I am regular too. <laughs> well, ha- hashtag confirmed because I'm certainly enjoying this conversation as well. Hopefully not asking the same exact questions that you've been no. being asked before. So try, try to, you know, spice it up a little bit. And I will say just about, you know, like the F-bombs you say, you know what? It's a very versatile part of speech. It can act as a verb, as a noun. It's a good thing. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, it's warranted. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that comment. Um, we talked about poker power. Of course, uh, you are an instructor there. Uh, for those who haven't necessarily heard of the organization, I mean, how how is it possible? But, you know, maybe there are people out there who yeah. haven't heard of it. Uh, what does the organization do? So we are on a mission to teach 1 million women poker. So it's it's instructional. It's 12 lessons. The first four are free. So you just go and you can sign up. It starts very basic, but we had a lot of like intermediate players kind of come on because you don't know what you don't know, right? So if right. it's free, check it out. And if you're interested, you can take the first four free. And then I think we're charging a little, just small for the next eight. And they, you know, range in different topics we build on. And not only is it poker lessons, but it relates back to real world, real world situations to business world situations, things that would help you be better in real life, doing things like making decisions, strategic, um, like strategy, logical thinking, um, being decisive, you know, um, relationship building. There's just, it relates each topic to one of those kind of life lessons. Um, and so I like it a lot and we have some fun examples too. And, um, when I teach classes, I like to, you know, give my experiences to, or talk through my thought process on a hand. We go, we do go over examples and stuff. And there's a lot of great teachers. Now we have about 20 instructors. Now we just started off with like four or five of us from the Midwest. And now there's about 20 and we have some great ambassadors too out there, like repping us and, um, promoting it. So yeah, if you're interested in just sharpening up your game, um, it is free, like I said. So check it out, you know, and see if you like it. And 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 yeah, let us know too. Join our community too on Facebook. It's free, I'll take two. I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, um, you know, how, how did the opportunity come up to join them? And what is it about that opportunity when you were presented with it that made you go, yeah, I'd like to do that? Yeah, I had met Sarah Stefan in the poker world a little bit. We, you know, just as females running into each other, we had a couple of mutual friends. So we ended up, you know, after tournaments, having drinks together a couple of times. And she reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in this. And so I said, sure. And I, um, and I had met AJ Rudolph too, who also works for them. They were kind of the original teachers. And uh, initially they were doing stuff live, but then, you know, through quarantine, it turned out to be Zoom lessons. And that actually worked out really great. I taught like three or four right. clubs each week from my, you know, room, my computer. And, yep. uh, and, and yeah, so it, it, that's kind of how I fell into it. And so I've been doing it since probably about May, April, maybe April or May of 2020. So mm-hmm. about two years now. Yeah. And what is I it? I still teach. The... I do. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I still teach. I teach Wednesdays, uh, at um 10 a.m pacific so that's uh the class that i'm currently teaching and uh and yeah yeah i, I still enjoy it it just keeps me fresh like so tomorrow i'll teach one um smaller classes now and again you know you have to run through the lessons there's 12 of them so but um yeah i think i kind of learn each time i teach one too you know people hmm. ask me questions and it's interesting to think through well like what you know why do you ask that what are you thinking why would you what would you do differently so um still keeps me on my toes What's your favorite thing about being a poker power instructor? Favorite thing. 
I think when people, I, this is mean, uh, you know, being a little full of myself, but like seeing people <laughs> that I've seen people that I've taught do really well, you know, and, nice. um, the other day, a girl I've been teaching, I saw her at the ladies event and she just had a lot of chips and I was like, you know, like, yeah. it's just like, oh, okay. Like she's been in my class a few times and like, now she's got a pile of chips over there. Like that just makes me feel good. And we taught one girl who like went and decided to play her first poker tournament. Um, it was like a flamingo $80 turn and she won the whole thing. It was her first one. I was like, you know, just so hearing the success stories from people that have taken my class, I think is the most rewarding part. Awesome. Um, and it's a little bit of an old school reference, but, you know, once upon a time, students used to bring an apple to the teacher if they liked them. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, when their students do achieve success, do they ever like throw you a half a percent or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if, okay. If any of you out there that I've taught win a bracelet, you, know, you don't forget <laughs> me. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I, I like it. Uh, well, what do you think, uh, you know, again, like poker power, again, like I said, it's it's kind of hard to believe someone hasn't heard of it, but, you know, that being the case, you know, obviously the word has gotten out and I don't know how far along you guys are towards the million women goal, but certainly, uh, you know, quite a few women have been, uh, you know, jumping in, uh, as you said, and, and the organization has certainly grown. Uh, what do you think makes it successful as far as its approach? Because quite frankly, you know, it's relatively new on the scene uh, as an organization and, you know, making those waves and growing pretty quickly. What's the the secret sauce, do you think, of, of Poker Power Wide's working? Well, I mean, they, uh, all of our instructors have, you know, been asked to go out and promote and stuff and play, um, sponsor a little bit, you know, um, wear the merchandise. So like a few times, you know, me or Sarah or AJ were wearing our patch or wearing our sweatshirt. I know Chuan wore her patch on, um, High stakes poker, poker when she yeah, was on there, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Melanie wears her patch when she goes plays big tournaments and stuff. So I think just getting us out there a little bit more talking about it and representing it. And then also um, in, in Chicago and I think a few other places, there have been some major events that Poker Power has either sponsored or hosted or partnered with corporations to host bigger events for women, just teaching them poker. And so making it more of a party, which is fun. So it gets women a little more interested. They go to this event, they have a great time. Maybe they sign up and want to take more classes um and then just we partner with wpa too a little bit um so uh you know we promote them they promote us um we did some specific wpa classes um to at different levels and stuff uh so yeah just i think all of those things have just you know boosted popularity obviously i think mostly having us out there repping you know and having people ask us at the table well what's that or having somebody be like oh i saw another girl with that patch on you know i think that's gotten the word out a little bit more too for sure. And you mentioned the WPA. Those who don't know, that's, of course, the Women's Poker Association, uh, founded by the great Lupe Soto. Uh, she was episode number 50 here on the Cards <laughs> Chat. But look, you got you got to get people, got to keep them uh, retained. You know, <laughs> if you don't have enough after 83 episodes or if you missed one, you can go ahead and, and check that uh, that out as well. Uh, just another couple questions from me kind of before we move on to the community questions portion, because I know a bunch of Cards Chat members uh, wanted to ask you some stuff. Um, what are your plans? And you mentioned WSOP uh, is coming uh, besides uh, hiding indoors from the 110 degree heat. Uh, do you sort of have uh, a schedule worked out for yourself, what you're going to be playing and, and how often? For now, I'm going um, uh, I, I'm going back to Chicago on Friday to just see some family. I haven't been back since December. And then I'm going to drive to some of the Midwest stops. There MSPT in Cleveland, which is a new location. I've never been there. So you know me. I like to go places that I've never been and meet new people and That's check the, out new the casinos. Jack, right? Yeah, Cleveland Jack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the following week is the biggest one that we're all excited for is the Battle Creek stop. Um, and that has been the biggest Midwest stop, um, forever. It's a 1 million guarantee in the Midwest and it hasn't happened in a few years now. So Mm. I can't miss that one. So those are my two next big travel stops. And then I'll come back and I haven't put my schedule together yet for WSOP. I'm not sure what I'm, I know I'm going to play the ladies event. I know I'm going to play the tag team event with Sarah and I'm most likely going to play the main. So, but I, you know, want to look and see what else cool is out there that million dollar mystery bounty looks pretty crazy um but yeah just like look sitting down and really mapping that out a little bit better i'll probably do that while i'm home in chicago anyway so and you know some of the other um locations that are having great events too the wind series 
Um, just even the smaller ones, the Orleans series, Venetian series, you know, just checking out what's going on while the series, while the WSOP is happening too. Those, those other events can get pretty juicy too. Right. Well, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, your primary motivator for, you know, what makes you hop into a tournament, you know, you want to have fun, you want to enjoy yourself. And of course that intellectual challenge, but the WSOP is something special. It comes around, you know, once mm -hmm. a year, um, you know, so what are your goals or do you set any goals beyond just obviously enjoying yourself? Uh, when mapping out, you know, I'm going to be playing in this event. What what are your sort of hopes going into the WSOP? Well, I am looking for jewelry this year. Um, yep. So that's a big goal. Obviously, I think that's everybody's goal. But yeah, I think maybe just running deep to making a final table of some sort um, would be really, really cool, especially the ladies event. I don't know. That was like always a dream of mine back in college when I was learning poker. I was like, one day, I'm going to go to the world series of poker and play the thousand dollar ladies event. And that was like an, a lot of a big deal for me yeah. back then, you know, and now it's like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll play the ladies. Event. And, 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 and it's still exciting. Like I, I got knocked out super early and I was really disappointed, you know, of that last year. So this year we're going to make it at least to day two um, and, <laughs> and give it a go. So, and, and, you know, just being back there, seeing the new venue, let's see what happens. Like, I'm sure there'll be some kinks that need to be worked out, but um, you know, change is inevitable, right? And so uh, hopefully they can, you know, pull it off and we all have a good time and we all win some money and it's successful and they do it again next year. Sounds good. Sounds like uh, you're going to have a, a certainly a really fun time and I wish you good luck with those goals. It'll be really cool, uh, you know, next time around I'll say WSOP bracelet winner, Kina yeah. England. So that, that would be pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, well, folks, in this segment of the show, we turn to you guys, our cards chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. Uh, we do have a dedicated thread on the cards chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. Uh, and the first question comes from Chica Bonita. Thank you very much for sending these in. Um, Kaina, Chica Bonita wants to know, uh, all of your tournament results are in Texas Hold'em. Uh, you know, I'll just interject. Now, you had mentioned you played in the home games and in the mix, and I see you do play other ones. Um, so why only Texas Hold'em tournaments? Any other tournaments that you've ever wanted to hop into? I mean, I have played a couple smaller ones here and there. The in in Austin, I actually played my first PLO tournament, and I was like, "What is this?" Like, you know, like, <laughs> too many cards. <laughs> I asked my buddy, "I'm like, what should I do?" And he's like, "Maybe limp more than you usually would." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> limp and pray. That's that's the strategy, right?" So I do like PLO. I'm learning that a little bit more, um, but I don't know. Just I like Texas Hold'em. It's just very mathematically easy and. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'll branch out, I guess, eventually I like to play stud games. I really do. I think they're fun, but, um, I played a tournament the other day at the Orleans and it was too slow. Like literally, like I was just like, come on, turn your cards over and just not patient enough. You know, it's like what we talked about before the patience thing. And I don't want to ruin anyone else's time. So probably should just stick to what I know for now. But, but, you know, if people are asking, I, I guess I could step up and try a few of them, maybe try something during the series. Well, I remember uh, walking uh, into the Orleans playing uh, in a stud game myself, and uh, I'm 40, and I remember bringing the average age down by a good couple of decades. Not, uh, it's important. Everyone should play until, you know, 80s, 90s. You know, I, I, it's important, but I understand what you're talking about, about the uh, pace of stud. Uh, so it's an acquired taste. Uh, I love right. I love the stud though, so it's good. Um, next question from Chica Bonita. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, you know, I didn't realize this. So great research, Chica Bonita. Uh, Poker Power has a separate sort of high school lessons program for teenagers. Uh, you know, thirteen and above. Um, Chica Bonita wants to know why so young when the legal age for real money poker is usually eighteen at minimum. So the whole uh, company came about because the owner Jenny Just. It's actually a funny, it's a good story. Um, and she could probably tell it way better than I can, but I'll give you the cliff notes is her daughter came back from a tennis match and was just like angry about like hitting the ball in certain spots. And then the, the, her opponent would always return it. And her husband was like, you're not thinking about what your opponent does. You're not thinking strategic enough. You need mm -hmm. to learn poker that will help. And so they, she had this idea. She's like, okay, let's teach young girls poker. And that's actually how the whole thing started is my first few clubs were teaching high school kids, like from all around the country too. I had a group in Maryland, had a group, uh, like Abby comes from like, I think it was in Wake Forest from North Carolina or something. So we had different groups all over. 
Um, and yeah, it was different though. Like, you know, keeping the attention span and everything, like we just teach them straightforward. We played really fun games. We did not talk about gambling money at all. Um, so it was straight like strategy and just teaching them the game and letting them play for, you know, the competitive side of it. And they did, some of them got really good, you know, some of them got really into it and you'd see certain girls winning more than other girls. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. And we didn't, like I said, we, we still don't really push the gambling aspect. We talk about, you know, we ease you in what makes you feel comfortable. This is what would happen if you did go to a casino and play. Um, but we offer like the free alternatives and then like make sure we're marketing the charity games and the WPA games and all that stuff that you can play and not necessarily gamble a whole bunch of money. Awesome. Well, great question. Great question, Chica Bonita. And uh, yeah. very pure. I love that. It's a fantastic answer. Uh, it's really cool. No, it's like, it's not just, you know, you were trained to say that, but it's, it's very pure. I really like it. And, you know, I've got a teenage daughter and like, I always know, like I've been, you know, doing this poker media thing for many years. Like there's so many life applications, uh, you know, as far as like the poker skills that you acquire at the table, you know, outside the table. So, uh, well pointed out and, and, you know, great answer. Great, uh, uh, attitude uh, of uh, the Poker Power organization. Uh, and last question from Chica Bonita uh, wants to know, kind of, do you read poker books? Is there a favorite author or book or, or any books that you could recommend? Um, I, I, I read a few. I like articles. I like surprisingly like all those like upswing articles that come out. I'll read those a lot. I think my favorite book though, again, back to like the mental game aspect was that mental game book by I think it's Jared Tendler um mm -hmm. that was my favorite and I like how he didn't just talk about poker in it um and talked about other life aspects he talked about golf a little bit in it too and uh that really helped me I probably should go back and read it again uh <laughs> you know I think we all just need a reminder sometimes so I will have to say that was definitely my very favorite one um but yeah I, I am now trying to read some more books I liked uh Annie Duke's book Thinking in Bets uh, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, going back, you know, you mentioned Jared Tandler, so I will too. He was episode number 35 <laughs> here on the Cards yeah, list, Chat. Or how do you remember the numbers is what I keep laughing at. All right here. No, yes, I do have. <laughs> yes, that's why you have my secrets. Kind of, I have it open in a separate Excel document just in case someone name drops. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's good. You know, it's good to keep that list. And quite frankly, again, you know, we've been very fortunate to have a number of wonderful people here uh, on the Cards Chat podcast. So, and and not everyone's always aware. Sometimes someone becomes a fan only around episode eighty-two, and like we've got some really cool people. And uh, just as you said, I've read the book, also Mental Game of Poker, fantastic book, and a uh, chance to hear straight from Jared in episode number thirty-five. Um, next question asker is Acid Burn FX, one of our most creative. Uh, contributors. I love uh, the questions uh, Acid Burn FX comes up with. Uh, here's a, a fun one, kind of. I hope you're ready. Um, if you could implant one false memory in the minds of everyone, what would that memory be and why? Oh, man. About myself or just like uh, in general? Take the question however you'd like. Oh, man. I don't even know how to answer <clears throat> that. A false memory? Um, <laughs> I would have to say something that like airs on the side of kindness, like just maybe mm. like people remembering somebody that was really kind to them in a moment of need, or like maybe some, even like the opposite, like remembering something, somebody that wasn't kind to them. I just think we're in such a society where people just jump to troll so quick and don't really think about how it might affect other people. Um, so something on that line, or, you know, just maybe it's just something when somebody decides to be like super nasty, like pops in and they're like, it's like, you know, that's what I like so much about the acid burns question. You know, I mentioned that, you know, every time they contribute some questions, I love the creativity of them because <laughs> that's, you know, like it, it, it kind of unearths some really cool answers. And that was a great answer. It's uh, you know, instructive as to the way your mind works and the way you think. So good one. And <laughs> here's another one we'll throw at you kind of from acid burn FX. If you could be a fly on the wall, of any access restricted place, what would that place be and why? Oh man, I like, I, I'm always intrigued by the things that like scare me the most, um, which are like space and the ocean. So mm -hmm. maybe some sort of fly on the wall in conversations like, are there actually aliens that have been discovered somewhere, <laughs> you know, just um, like <laughs> that kind of thing, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Why did, <laughs> why did the strange ocean questions. scare you? Put them, 
<laughs> I need more time to think about it. why do oceans scare me? Oh yeah. man, I just like love all that deep sea stuff. That's like, what could be down there? They haven't even discovered most of it. Nobody's mm. even been there. And then when they make all those crazy movies, like, um, you know, deep sea diving and everything. Oh my yeah. God. And then people just get stuck in submarines at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> like it's scary. I just, I still love to watch it though. And like little YouTube shorts on, you know, like, look at this gigantic creature that we found. Um, yeah. Like a... <laughs> okay, cool. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and last one from Acid Burn FX. Kind of what's the worst gift you've ever received? The worst gift. Um don't have to out who gave it to you. <laughs> well, I can't even really think of um I'm like looking around my apartment like something. <laughs> um, I don't know. My mom one time bought me an Apple Watch after I had showed her my new Apple Watch that I already bought. And was like, I got an Apple Watch, mom. And then she still forgot and bought me one. I guess that might have been the worst gift. <laughs> Had a little bit of a technical glitch just there. Uh, but during the technical glitch, I think uh, you heard you said uh, you heard, you thought of an even better worst gift uh, you received. Kind of. Yeah. So in a white elephant, or was a white elephant, it was like a work gift exchange. I got one time, it was like a pyramid um, like with a coworker just pasted his face on every single side of it. Um, and I was, I was like, what is this? He's like, it's for your desk. I'm like, <laughs> a pyramid with pictures of you pasted on it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that does sound like, um, a bit of an odd gift, a pyramid scheme, uh, if you will, but yeah, I know yeah. dad, dad humor. I just, I got to, um, my kids would be proud. Crystals, thank you very much as our last uh, question submitter uh, for today's show. Uh, kind of Crystals wants to know, uh, it's an interesting one. You're very active on social media, uh, Twitter in particular. How important, uh, in your opinion, is it for poker players to be engaged with the public? Um, I don't think it's super important. I think it's just, like, you know, maybe it's just my introvert, extrovert kind of ideas. I just, I like to encourage people when somebody says something clever too, I'll like it. You know, I think it's, you know, it's nice to, to throw that their way. Or like, if somebody posts a win, you know, I'm trying to be supportive, like good job. That's awesome. Or somebody poses a, an interesting question. That's, that's what it's out there for, you know? Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm like, I like the positivity movement that we're doing. And I try not to like be too negative. Sometimes I'll catch myself like commenting on something political and I'll be like, no, and I'll go back and delete it just because I don't really need to put that out there. I mean, I might have an opinion and that's great. Um, but I feel like if it's being negative or taking away from the discussion a little bit, I don't want to put that out there myself either. And, you know, I try and um, be a little funny. If, I mean, if I think it's funny, it's funny. So <laughs> I like it. Very cool. Um, a good ad as well i like i like that as well and nothing uh bad could come from an attitude like that um <laughs> just uh two more before we wrap up the show uh crystals wants to know uh kind of if you could have one poker wish come true for 2022 what would it be poker wish just one yes <laughs> you've got you've got just one lifeline here um Oh, wait, wait, I'm going to make it too, though. Like, I think like the one wish that we like all have is like, I want to win a bracelet. I would love okay, to win a bracelet. Okay, that's, that's, that's a gimme. A all right. But I think like on the non-winning, non-monetary side, uh, I have interacted a few times with Maria Ho. She's my favorite. Um, and Jennifer Tilly, I've never met. But like, I would love to play with either of those ladies at the table. Um, you know, they're ladies that I've always looked up to in playing poker. They always are extremely confident and sure of themselves when they play. And I think that's totally something I respect in a poker player, especially a female poker player. Um, mm -hmm. So I would love to have the opportunity to play with both of them. That's awesome. You hear that, ladies? Maria, Jennifer, if you're <laughs> listening, kind of wants to play with you. We haven't yet. Hopefully, maybe someday that'd be pretty cool uh, if we could have Jennifer Tilly on. Uh, but we have had Maria Ho on the show. That She was episode number 22. There you go. That's layups, you know, set and spike. Uh, Maria was episode number 22. That's a great listen. You can listen to her also if you haven't yet, uh, kind of. Um, last, last question for you, just to wrap it up. Um, Crystal says the number of women playing poker is growing, but still has a long way to go to get to 50, 50 with the guys. What baby step would you like to see happen to get even more women into the game? Um, I think just like a more, like an, a, an open and inclusive environment. Again, just people 
um, being, you know, nice or friendly or maybe at the table. I don't even know that that makes a difference. I think just maybe awareness, even like Hmm. more women knowing about the game and knowing that they can play. I think that's sort of what we're trying to do through poker power. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we don't have to change other people's mindset. We have to change women's mindset on, this is something you can also do if you want to, you know, um, if you don't want to, and you know, when I teach the lessons too, I say, it's not for everybody. It might not be for you, you know, but if you want it to be for you and you like it, you can certainly do this too. So just, I guess, breaking down that barrier of people that don't think that they can, um, making sure that they know that they can, if they want to. That's a great wish. You know, the statistics say, I think women make up, uh, you know, five to eight, maybe five to 10% uh, of the fields. You know, I know it's uh, not 50, 50, but you know, I've looked back and I'm very proud that, you know, through 80, this is the 83rd episode, we're averaging about 25%. Uh, you know, women uh, interviewees here on the Card Chat podcast. So trying to do our part as well. And like you said, boost that uh, awareness. Uh, folks, thank you very much uh, for sending in your questions to Kind of England. And again, just a friendly yeah. reminder to all of you out there in our Cards Chat community. We'd love to see you submit your questions for our future podcasts in the dedicated thread on the forums. Uh, guys, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes. Spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Kind of before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience? Uh, thank you for the questions. They were great, great questions. I enjoyed talking to everybody. For everybody that listens, thank you for listening. Um, feel free to come up and say hi in the wild if you ever see me. Uh, but yeah, I look forward to seeing everybody at the series and have uh, have a good year. Good luck on the felt, everyone. Awesome. And we're talking uh, once again with future WSOP bracelet winner, Kina England. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of Cards Chat. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at CardPlayerLife. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.